Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, attempting to find out if Joe Biden's uh, student loan forgiveness applies to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Film Inquiry Editor-in-Chief, Christy Strauss. Welcome back. <laughs> Happy to be here. And no, it does not. Oh, does shameful. Not. It must be because it's like a, a UK mm. institution. That that must be the issue. It is, yeah. It took me a long time to figure it out, but yeah, it's a no-go. What do you... I, I wonder if there's ever like... Maybe this is something someone more knowledgeable than me can mention. Is there like an American counterpart to, to Hogwarts? in the in the wizarding school or does everyone around the world just get sent there is it a strictly british school well there are other schools um because they do have uh in the fourth movie they have like the challenge and they bring other schools in that's right so i and also you know in um the fantastic beast you know they kind of give the idea that there's an american i mean there's an american group that kind of runs you know the world of wizardry so i'm assuming there's probably an american school but i'm not privy to it we should say, but it's kind of, I think, implied that there's a lot. Hogwarts is just where we concentrate on. And I kind of, I like to think Hogwarts is just like, you know, the badass, you know, school that everyone wants to get into, but it's like, you know, maybe not. You got to be invited. I want to know what's the like community college version of like Hogwarts. Like, can, (laughs) can you get denied of like, I didn't get in, but maybe I can take like a couple classes at the, the you know, the wizarding school down down the road. Right. Maybe in like transfer. that small town with like the shack and stuff. You yeah. like go upstairs and get like, yes. Hagrid is like, it's his like night job. He goes that, that's that's <laughs> the corner of the Potterverse I want to I want to see. I want to see the, the like community sitcom version of of Harry Potterverse. Uh, so, yeah, this week we're discussing harry potter um and i guess the do what do you refer to it as do you refer to it as the the potter verse as the wizarding world kind of this this now larger umbrella franchise that that encompasses harry potter Jeez, i mean i don't know i think i've heard like wizarding world so much but i just feel like this is just far beyond anything I think anyone would have ever imagined it to be as far as how big it is. I mean, when I was in New York the last time this around this time last year, a little bit later, they were just opening the Harry Potter store in New York. And I was like, Mm. Oh, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah. The line was (laughs) impossible. Like there were people saying that you had to get there like seven hours ahead of time just to even, I'm like, wow, you know, the, just the, the scope of it. And the fact that it's like something that finds new audiences even now, like, um, I know someone that just recently started and she's like 13 and she had never watched it before and she's loving it. But it's just interesting to think about when it came out. I was like the movie when a movie came out, I think I was like 13. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just one of those things, I guess, that just sticks. And also, obviously, with like everything, at, um, you know, and like theme parks and they're just it's insane. I mean, yeah. it's, it's beyond just like uh, Wizarding World. It's like Wizarding Universe or something. The Harry Potter like <laughs> multiverse. So I figured the the Potterverse, the Potter multiverse, uh, would be an excellent topic to discuss this week because um, kind of the the big major release of last weekend over the the holiday weekend. By the way, hope hope everyone who who celebrated, whether it was Passover, whether it was Easter, Ramadan, that everyone had a terrific holiday. But the mm-hmm. big the big major studio release was 
Fantastic Beasts, colon, The Secrets of Dumbledore, the third movie in the prequel series set within the Harry Potter universe. Um, I saw the movie last week before it opened. I would not describe it as being very successful. I would not describe this sort of subsection of the the Harry Potter universe as being very interesting. And it looks like while Warner Brothers maybe kind of like lowballed a little bit in terms of like their predictions for this movie, the the opening weekend numbers are are not that well. Um, and we're kind of like a dip below the the second film in this series, um, The Crimes of Grindelwald, which came out, gosh, I believe it's four years at this point. It was um, a while ago, yeah. And that even was a dip from the first Fantastic Beast movie, which actually was like a pretty large hit. Um, mm-hmm. But since then, there's kind of been diminishing returns. And I thought this was an excellent spot for us to kind of take the temperature on this franchise. There was uh, a piece that, air- that uh, ran in Variety last week that kind of hinted at some maybe behind the scenes turbulence, especially mm-hmm. as Warner Brothers becomes uh, taken over by Discovery and the folks there are kind of, you know, tallying up the the various properties at the studio. Um, there was obviously, a, a, on a completely different note, like a lot that came out last week about trying to uh, re restructure some things in sort of the DC wing of Warner Brothers yeah. and kind of trying to streamline a lot of that content, which in the last several years has just been kind of all over the place. Um, but it feels like we're maybe in kind of a lull period with the Potter stuff. But I, I think before we can interrogate any of that, just to kind of back ourselves up, kind of what is your relationship with Harry Potter and kind of what do you feel like has been so integral to this series being so pervasive in our lives for multiple decades at this point? I think the first book is like, what, 1998 is when the first book comes out? Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I, you know, I have to admit, I didn't read the books, um, even though I probably at the time of the original book's release was probably the right age exactly for it. Um, even I'm though glad I, I'm not the only one who feels like a bad millennial for having <laughs> never read them. <laughs> I, I was, I don't know, I was more interested in other stuff, I guess. But also, I think when they first came out, I didn't really hear about them. I don't think I even knew about it until the mo- first movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if that like my memory is just I forget maybe I did and I'm just forgetting but um I'm also a movie person as much as I love books and I do I, I was more into King Stephen King stuff like that even at that age but I um was when the movies first came out I was a teenager and I was like I don't want to watch this this looks too childish and I was like kind of snobby about it so I actually didn't watch Harry Potter until I want to say the fifth or sixth one came out and then I watched all of them from the beginning and, and then started seeing the rest in the theaters. But I, I definitely it was it took some time because for some reason, I, I don't know, I think it was because it was like so popular and everyone was like obsessing about it. And I was like, there was a little bit of a thing in my school. It was like Lord of the Rings versus Potter. Mm. And I was definitely more Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so um, I felt like, you know, you know, this is like child stuff, like whatever. 
But um, now I've seen the full series, um, you know, multiple times. And I saw the last, you know, several movies in the theater and I uh, I have more appreciation for it. But, it, you know, I think everyone goes through a little like snobby movie phase or something like totally <laughs> like I'm too cool for this or something. But once you like give in, you're like, oh, yeah, well, I see. I can I get it. I get it. I get the charm. So, yeah, that's I, my, my relationship. I, yeah, I never read any of the books, obviously, but I was, you know, surrounded by friends and family members who were all obsessed with it. And so I, I saw all the movies as they were coming out. And I I generally think all of them are pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the all varying de- uh, degrees of good. Um, But all of them, I think, are like at least at the very least like solidly entertaining popcorn movies oh absolutely and i haven't really clicked with any of these most recent fantastic beast movies um obviously kind of the the big difference between them is the harry potter movies are adapted from one single harry you, you know a series of harry potter books with the last book being split into two parts in order to ring out uh, some some extra box office numbers for warner brothers but no, i'm glad the, they did because the last two movies are, are two of my i think two of the best i remember really really liking the other than the alfonso yes that one's my favorite is that is, is the, my other favorite i think those three are the strongest mostly because like you know the first two movies are so like um, you know, it's it, there isn't as much stake, you know, because they're really young and it's more like for the kids. And then they're the very third family one, friendly, yes. which 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 is not surprising to see that those were the two directed by Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus who did, yeah. like, home, <laughs> you know, he's he's the director behind Home Alone. And so yeah. they're, those are very like kind of sweet, wholesome family adventure yeah. movies, whereas, you know, the Alfonso Cuaron one, which I believe is the third one yes correct? it's the third one yes. um that's it's prisoner that's, of azkaban it's yes, when things start to yes. get a little bit darker and then right yeah and then with each movie there on out it like you start to see the trajectory of the characters getting older the stakes getting higher and obviously as like his you know voldemort shouldn't say his name sorry he cannot be named comes out um you know things just start becoming more dangerous more adult more dark and even so even in the very last movie it's still family friendly but Mm -hmm. it's also i mean there's some pretty dark stuff and there's a lot of loss and um you know a lot of emotional stuff so but i I like the movies as they progress because of that reason i also think that's part of the reason that fantastic beast isn't as good Mm -hmm. or, or doesn't click as much is because we got to see these kids like literally grow up on screen and right and really over the course of many many years um some of them like you know this is the first time they'd ever been on screen and they were these characters and i don't know if you watched the recent reunion but i feel like you have to mention it because going to ask you about that yeah okay yeah because that's that's another piece to i think why that that really solidified for me like okay this is a phenomenon that's going to continue for decades and decades to come on, on top of hearing, you know, we always hear the stories of like um, parents who were teenagers or kids when star Wars came out and then they want to show star Wars to their kids. And now I'm starting to hear that with kind of like older millennials who were maybe like teenagers or early kids when like the Harry Potter book started coming out and now they have kids and are like wanting to pass that along um to the next generation um but yeah i did not see the reunion special but i i agree with you that a fascinating part of 
those kind of original eight movies is the progression of seeing this core cast kind of grow over the course of almost a decade that that series was running in the movies as well as building a relationship with with core characters and the fantastic beast franchise i i don't think the characters aren't quite as well written and maybe part of that is kind of what i was hinting at of like the potter movies are adapted from books written by jk rowling and so it is it is funneling one work into another medium and adapting it to sort of better fit uh the confines of the screen and what you need in terms of the arc of the movie and and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth and then these fantastic beast movies are not really based on anything at all i mean they're they're the title sort of jokingly comes from this like fake textbook about like magical creatures that's in the the harry potter classrooms (laughs) but these are sort of original movies set in this fictional universe that are being written by jk rowling herself and there is a sense i get that they're almost so stuffed to the gills with mythology that it it becomes almost impossible to sort of latch onto or to connect to any human element in them but at the same time they're trying to it's so interesting with this new one i can you can feel moments that are clearly written and being played to be these kind of like very sincere powerful emotionally cathartic moments for between characters or meant to sort of reveal some sort of larger bit of mythology that we've been following but it doesn't land in the same way that it did with the potter movies and i don't know whether that's because we were all or I mean, you and I didn't read the book, so I mean, we weren't doing this, but a lot of people were bringing kind of this prior knowledge of those books to the screen. Or do you think that it's it's maybe there was just J.K. Rowling getting a little too caught up in the mythology and maybe like that's making these harder for audiences to grasp onto? I feel like it's a mix of all of those things because I, I mean, and there's definitely been things that I have read and, and seen adapted. And I always feel like there's a special, like, I don't know. I, I try to separate things like two different entities mm-hmm. and not compare, but of course that does come into play to a degree. Um, I also think with something like Potter, kind of like, you know, star Wars or anything or Marvel, anything that's grown huge and they just keep popping out like things from it. Um, and obviously this, this is smaller in that sense, but sometimes there, you know, is, you just can't capture that magic. And that's obviously perfectly mm. could be used here. Cause it's actually about magic, but like I, I enjoyed the first fantastic beast, but I also think the characters are just not as um, fascinating and uh, mm-hmm. compelling as the ones. And, and I do think it also is about, like I said, originally about watching these kids grow up and kind of, kind of learning about the world as they do um, and kind of growing with them and with fantastic beasts. I mean, there's some definitely some cool characters and it's interesting to have a lot of it set, you know, in the first one, at least in New York city. Um, But there was just some things that it is a little bit too much in the mythology and uh, we'll say she should not be names uh, writing for this is not as (laughs) had to get that in as, is not as, uh, as, as good. uh, I will say as, the original and i think that's probably going to happen with most people you know you can a lot of people build this world and then they want to explore other variations of it because it has such a high fan base but it doesn't always mean it's a good idea 
Right. And maybe JK or she who shall not be named, <laughs> uh, maybe talent on the page for, for sort of building out a world and building out characters in book form. Maybe, you know, authors don't always translate into great yes. screenwriting. They are Absolutely. two um, very different forms of narrative writing that require very different skill sets. Um, and so that's another kind of fascinating component to this. But um, it, it, do you just get the sense? I mean, it just feels like this is, and, and I remember when the, the first Fantastic Beast movie came out and Warner Brothers seemed to be going all in on that. This was the new direction that they were taking this in. This was going to be a five movie series. And now after the release of this third one and the, the, I would say low box office numbers for it or, or continuing in the trend of this being a, a sub franchise of diminishing returns. I don't know. Do you get the sense that this is going to be uh, a series that Warner brothers is going to be at all interested in continuing to sort of pile money into, you know, I don't know. It's tough to say. And I mean, the box office doesn't, <laughs> doesn't look good. And, and obviously this, the series, the first one did well, but they haven't, they haven't done as well. No. And I think what it comes down to too, like a lot of people I know that have some investment in Harry Potter, either, love it or they hate it they love it mm. because it's still in this world that they adore and they want to believe it you know and they like take everything and they're okay with the mistakes or they're okay with things that aren't as great and then there's people that like compare it to the original eight movies and that that and the love that they have for that and are like disappointed around every corner because of it and then so then there's people that of course don't like potter and are just watching it i don't know why you're watching it but either way i feel like it's either one of those two so you know I think that there's always going to be an audience for it, but I think it's depleted because of that. Um, and also, I don't know if it was the best idea to do it over a holiday weekend. I don't really know like, mm. whose idea that was, especially since there are some people that celebrate like Friday, you just throughout the whole weekend. So I don't know why you would do that, but um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, long weekends, I feel like that's usually you want to sort of uh, position your tent poles around there. And, and there mm. is a period of time when like if, someone had told me like a new Harry Potter movie is coming out over the like Easter Passover weekend um, where like a lot of, a lot of families are on spring break. Um, you're looking to get out of the house. Maybe you're at the beach and want to do something at night and don't just want to sit around and play board games. You know, the idea of a big ostensibly family movie premiering over this weekend, I think would make a lot of sense. It just sort mm -hmm. of seems like, the and 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 this movie's clearly seemed positioned for that i think there's just been a lot of recent uh kind of wake-up calls in in terms of this series and this franchise and this this very very valuable property for warner brothers i mean the the variety piece that i mentioned kind of i think wisely points out that this is one of the two most valuable properties in the warner brothers library at the moment mm. the other being their dc comic book stuff and like yep. like the potter universe is to warner brothers at what star wars is for disney now i mean th yeah, this is one I of their biggest that. cash cows and i've seen like that they're going to be doing like a dc like penguin prequel series or something i think mm -hmm. and like they're expanding it so it's also possible that if this is one of their highest that maybe they'll go a different route versus the fantastic beast or they'll find some kind of other um you know something else in that universe that they can utilize um and because maybe this specific story is just not 
<laughs> doing the best. And I think that, I don't know. I think there's also, I mean, I would say Potter fatigue, but people say like Marvel fatigue, DC fatigue, but we still watch them. And we still like, are mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, I saw that Thor trailer yesterday and I was still like excited. So um, how, yeah. I don't know, maybe I just don't really experience the fatigue, but like Star Wars, you know, I feel like some of their newest hasn't been as good. So it's just always like possible that things are going to go downhill. But Fantastic Beast, I think also just kind of set itself up because it tries to do this thing with the second and third movie, especially of tying in other characters. And like, mm-hmm. you know, obviously mm-hmm. this is called, it has Dumbledore in the, in the name. So it's like, but, but it's like giving us that nostalgia, but it's not at the same time. And I think it's using it in a way that I almost would have preferred them just stay out of these, like have its own thing um, mm. and just have more well-grounded, defined, f- like compelling characters instead of trying to tie the two worlds in a way that ends up being slightly disappointing. Like, you know, um, no offense to, um, you know, what's his name for playing a young Dumbledore. He does a fine job, Jude Law. Jude, Jude Law. But, you know, there's always going to be that, yeah, Jude Law, there's always going to be that image in my head of, <laughs> even though we had two um, different Dumbledores, I'm always going to see that and, start to pick apart his character in a sense because of it or like other things that tie in it's always fun to have like easter eggs and stuff but i don't know that's just my personal opinion that that might have been something that made that less interesting like they were trying to satisfy everybody but not really one i don't know didn't go one direct way and so it gets kind of convoluted and i mean the the creatures are cute you know the one the that steals like all the, thing the money. Is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Always so adorable. He's like always in the jewelry store. Um, the little like green stick bug. You know. So there's that. Yeah. Um, I but, think the other yeah. wrench um, for this series has been um, a bit of bad luck in terms of controversies, and this is something the yeah. the vanity or exactly the, this is something the variety piece pointed out. I mean. We, we sort of joked about it. J.K. Rowling in the last few years has found herself in uh, a, in her own controversy uh, over comments she's made towards the transgender community that um, just have, I, I know, hurt a lot of people in that community and are probably ill-advised. And she seems to have further dug herself down that hole. Oh, yeah. Um, and she now <laughs> yes keep, continues to keep digging and now yeah. is in a position where she doesn't even want to do press doesn't want to do any interviews because of this idea that the media is going to warp whatever she has to say and so you have kind of the big central author of your big tinpole franchise who is generating controversy on twitter and can't even go out there to sort of promote the movie you also have Johnny Depp, who was built as or billed as the big bad, the big villain of this series, and was fired after the second movie due to a lot of the stuff that has come out with the uh, the sort of libel lawsuits surrounding uh, his rela- marriage to Amber Heard. And yeah, there's sp- actually a right now they're yeah, doing the, it. I the saw second it was one trending live the uh, defamation trial. Yeah. Yes, yes the the defamation the the one that's going on in. Virginia and there was the one that was going on in the UK which he lost which notable because UK's libel laws are way way more strict than they are here in the United States so it was kind of a big deal that he lost that case over there and I think that seems to have been the 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 sort of big final straw for Warner Brothers of like we can't you you can't what regardless of what you think about that whole situation going mm-hmm. on between the two of them. They from just don't just, want it. 
right from a business standpoint i you know matt bellany at at puck i think was wise to sort of point out in a big piece he wrote if you're warner brothers you don't want to have someone who is being blasted all over the news for domestic abuse um sort of frontlining your big holiday family movie and yeah of course and and so yeah those two things i think are a huge part of it as well and now ezra um, miller who now can't <laughs> you know ezra miller has found himself in his own uh controversies over some it sounds like assault charges over yeah. in hawaii and now he is not out you know he would ostensibly be someone who's out on the red carpet doing right. pr for this movie and then kind of what the the variety piece went on to say is you have the other members of this cast like jude law and eddie redmayne who also don't want to go out because they're afraid they're going to get um asked about any yeah. of these other people who have found themselves in controversies sounds and, like a pr's like worst nightmare right right it's, this it's, cast. it's <laughs> almost if you imagine like the warner brothers lot and the like potter wing just as like a non-stop dumpster fire and so i i i have to imagine like those controversies are also blowing back and hurting this series that audiences don't seem interested in anyway. But then you also, whether or not you want to believe that people are sort of voting with their dollar and saying, I don't want to support this because this person is involved. Oh, but people do that though. Right. I mean, that's right. just the reality of it. People um, definitely do that. Or you yeah. don't even have those people to at least uh, go out on the media tour and try and draw promotion to this movie i mean the the big joke i've been making about this new one the secret of dumbledore is that there's like a massive like multi-million dollar harry potter movie coming out and no one in my life even like the diehard harry potter fans only seemed like mildly aware of it yeah. coming out because there was no real like big media rollout i mean you mentioning avengers earlier think about like every time there's a big avengers movie everyone in that cast yeah. is doing like a million different talk shows even and... for this trailer it was like a big yeah. deal it's like all i saw people talking about because they finally released a trailer for the new thor and yeah i i have a lot of people that are huge harry potter fans and they not only didn't really know about it but didn't seem to really be that excited about it mm -hmm. and so i really think it's probably amalgamation of everything we just said but i think that the the cast and writer and a lot of the controversies around that definitely hurt a film and i can't imagine trying to continue it with all the stuff that's going on because you just like it's just a lot I, so i don't know what warner brothers is going to do but i will say that the harry potter reunion special did very well i know a lot of people mm -hmm. loved it i was actually quite surprised at how like good it was and how like emotional it made me because in a lot of ways like this isn't you know this isn't something i grew up on to an extent like i don't have that nostalgia but watching like daniel radcliffe and you know um and emma and, and um what's his name um go through Ru rupert rupert grant yeah um grant rupert grant watching them like go into like where they film some stuff and be reunited and talk about how it was like the they were a family because they spent all their time together not just like in making the movie but like press and um it was just really sweet and there was some other like people that came in um and there was some interesting like secrets that came out um crushes and stuff and there was like some I don't know. There was a really funny scene with like Helena Bonham Carter and Daniel Radcliffe, so, like just some random like gatherings. And of course, then there was like a lot of sadness because there's been quite a few people that have been in the series that have passed away. Mm -hmm. But it was just um, it was it was really it was just really sweet. 
Um, so it's hard to like watch that and not appreciate those movies. I don't know. And the journey. And I just can't imagine there being a reunion of fantastic beasts in 10 years and people being like, no, <laughs> no. Being, it, it would way. be a lot of like, um, where's the platypus, right? Let's, <laughs> let's not talk about this person who is, let's, let's not talk about Johnny Depp. Um, let's see who next on the list. Ezra Miller. Shoot. We can't talk about him. Yeah. Um, who, who, what about the writer? No, we nope. can't talk about the writer. You know what? This, this series just magically appeared like the magic in this movie. And wasn't it all magical that it was in our lives? Um, but no, I, I, I agree with you. I've not seen the reunion special, but I know a ton of people who watched it. Um, and, you know, the other, I think, big signifier for how uh, important this, or let, maybe not important. that that's, that's putting a bit too much weight on this. But uh, the value of this property to warner brothers is the theme park or that which is at universal studios and mm -hmm. universal is licensing that from warner brothers but that is continuously like one of the biggest theme park attractions if if not that is maybe like the single most in-demand section of that park of that oh, that absolutely. is easily like the most crowded section of that park and people will go there and spend like hundreds of dollars on like wands and butterbeer butter and, beer and, ju and just yeah. to be in that that world environment yeah yeah and and so i i guess that maybe transitions us to kind of our our kind of like last big talking point on this which is where do you think this will go from here because i think we've already established with like the theme park and the success of the reunion special like warner brothers is not going to to let this go and i'm sure the, the folks at Discovery are like rummaging through the files and like holding <laughs> meetings and are like, we need to figure out something for this. But um, is, is there another direction you would like to see the Harry that Warner Brothers take the Harry Potter property, assuming you're kind of with me and think that there's not going to be a Fantastic Beast four and five and that this is going to be the end. And here in, in like a few weeks, if not already, some, you know, some boardroom meetings are going to be held and people are going to be a little like this is done. We need to course correct. This isn't. Yeah, working. I would definitely say not five movies either. Like if they somehow were like, OK, we can finish this. And who knows, maybe it'd be like a direct to <laughs> like a streaming finale or something. Mm -hmm. um, like I could see them trying to get an end to it, but I don't I don't know if they will um, after all this because, you know, there's just so much to <laughs> to work out there as far as direction you know i know that a lot of people have always wished that there was like um this like a film version of like his son uh mm. harry potter's son and like the um like kind of that generation after them but I, I don't know if there's something to be done there of course i think i'd probably try it out of curiosity but i feel like you just have to make sure that you were really careful in the next thing you do for harry potter because um fantastic beast was probably not the best option and it's now it's just exploded, exploded obviously for so many different reasons but i don't know i mean they're not going to let it go there's going to be something no. maybe there's like a random side character that gets his own show you know kind of like um you know marvel mcu is done or you know maybe like um just eddie redmayne gets like a <laughs> a series where he's chasing down animals you know or creatures even though i don't even know how much i love eddie redmayne in that movie but that's a whole other thing i'm um, i'm not an eddie redmayne fan so i, I don't know that i'm the most valuable uh, <laughs> authority on, on and i can't whether place he's my good finger or not on what movie. it is i don't like about him but um in movies but 
Uh, yeah, that's a whole other thing. So I don't know, but I'm just saying maybe that would, you know, something like that. I mean, they're even, you know, like big, big things like Game of Thrones or mm-hmm. Walking Dead or, you know, shows like that. They're like, oh, let's do a series with these two characters because people love them and the show's coming to an end. Or let's do this prequel because of Game of Thrones because people loved it. So there's always like spinoffs and things that could happen that maybe she, um, who will not be named, won't even pen. You know, like, I don't know, like... Like yeah, as far wh- as legally... whether or not they tried to d- sort of pull a like Disney and George Lucas not saying that situation was at all similar, but mm. do a thing of like, we will buy this property off right. of you and whether or not that is something she would even uh, entertain as yeah. as a possibility, I think is is notable going forward i mean yeah it would be it'll probably be like defining as to whether or not something else happens because i don't know maybe she doesn't want to be involved in writing something directly anymore mm -hmm. maybe she's kind of had enough but also doesn't want to sell rights to something so i don't know we will have to see but uh (laughs) yeah my my prediction is i think a tv show kind of what you mentioned is a smart idea especially with warner looking for more content to add to the the hbo max library Mm -hmm. i mean the the school aspect of harry potter whether you wanted to do like just the idea of like hogwarts the next generation like whether or not it's act it's characters actually related to any of the core characters from harry potter but the idea environment right is really special that is ripe for a a tv drama that given the right budget you could just keep going for season after season and, and like a YA story almost. Like, right. Because yeah. I do think the other kind of aspect of the Harry Potter books and the Harry Potter movies that people were able to latch onto is it's it's a high school story or it's yeah. it's like it's teenagers and it's it's the relatable sort of growing up and the clicks forming in school and of like oh i like this girl but does she like me and, <laughs> and the she, rivalries I, between draco right and Harry. <laughs> right where th- there is there is a relatable human component to that that yes. everyone goes through that people are able to latch onto that is not missing whereas the fantastic beast movies are all mythology um yep. the other piece that i think is sort of inevitable is something we haven't mentioned which is there's that uh broadway show and then there's Mm -hmm. the like even longer version that i think is like eight hours or something over in the uk um of harry potter and the cursed child which is the play sequel that is set like years in the future with all the characters kind of coming back as adults and i know uh that that has been floated out as as a a a possibility yeah yeah i mean um with the reunion special, like the I the these these actors are sort of especially the young actors are kind of getting to the point. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're all kind of like in their mid to late thirties at this point. I think they're all mid thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So of like, I don't know. They're not ostensibly that far away from being getting to come back as the same characters should they want to and play them as adults. In... And they will look better than they did in the movie at right. the end when right. they and... tried to age them. And yes, it's horrible. yes. It's so horrible. And considering like how long I've heard that show is in sort of its full form, if you go see it over in the UK, like you could squeeze two, two movies out of that. Or at, you could do a limited least. series. Or right, something. right. Exactly, exactly. So that seems like even more than the the next generation style TV series at Hogwarts. Like that seems like the next big 
bite at the apple is oh we've got this the original cast is kind of aging into what they would be in this play let's just adapt this hugely successful play that sells out every single night into another movie yeah and that would definitely be the way to tie into audiences but the question is whether or not they would want to come back because you definitely mm-hmm. would not want to recast one it just it's a bad idea but if the three of them came back even if it was limited you know it's almost in the sense like you know the last the newest trilogy of star wars you know having the characters from the first ones obviously age difference much different but still it brings in an audience of the people that originally loved harry potter and then mm-hmm. like younger audiences that aren't as familiar falling in love with the new characters but also learning about you know the ones that their parents rooted for um so that kind of connective you know tissue i think would be their most probably uh best idea that they could do but they really they really need to sell us on it i think at this point well i think that kind of wraps us up for Mm -hmm. for talking about harry potter stuff uh unless you got any any kind of final thoughts? I just um, want to try Butterbeer. I'm really curious, you know? You know, I've, I've never, wondered, I've never had that, it either. Is it supposed to, it's it's not like, it is like a kid's drink, right? It's not like when they say beer, it's not like an alcoholic. It's just butter. <laughs> I think it's closer to like a cream soda is what I've mm. been told. It's it's like the frothiness of a beer, but it is, it is, <laughs> it is sweet and creamy, kind of like in sort of taste like a, yeah. a cream soda is i have had the jelly beans with the weird flavors from harry potter that, that's about the extent that is my greatest nightmare about <laughs> je- like i already don't like jelly beans as someone who is like well, prone you to anxiety wanna, you don't want to get the booger or whatever right says, the right earwax it's, it's the thing i hated about <laughs> jelly beans as a kid which is like what if i get the nasty flavor but like what if we made it worse yeah i I, (laughs) that would be your nightmare then but nope that's that's it um someday i'll make it to universal and see the and see the potter world i think it would be fun just because just like i want to see i have never been universal so it would be fun anyway but i would love to see potter world and yeah well uh before we go i know you mentioned uh we finally got a look at the new thor movie thor love and thunder i know you're a big marvel fan i Mm -hmm. would uh be just a bad podcasting partner if i didn't ask what or give you the opportunity to give your thoughts and maybe any titles you're looking forward to in the summer we also got the 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 can lineup was announced recently and so an an idea of some of our more kind of international and auteur driven films that we'll hopefully get to see in the next coming months yeah i um I wish I was going to the cans, but yeah, I, uh, I thought the, don't uh, we I, all wish we could be on the beach <laughs> in France gazing at the Mediterranean? Yes. Yes, we do. Um, instead, I don't even know if you can hear it, but it's like storming windy here. I keep thinking of my power is going to go out. Oh, no. like, so I'd much would be a can, uh, much prefer to be a beach on a beach. But, um, I thought the love, you know, uh, the, sorry, Thor love and thunder trailer, which is says it's a teaser, but it's actually a decently long one was, um, quite intriguing. I mean, I like Taika. I really thought Ragnarok was one of the, um, the better MCU. I, I really like the style of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, in this one, he's, he's basically with the guardians of the galaxy. So that's interesting. Cause it's almost like, uh, you get the vibe of like the guardians movies with, with the Ragnarok mm-hmm. and, um, and then the trailer, it seems like he's really trying to say he doesn't want to be a hero anymore. He wants to kind of like, he wants to kind of live more of like a normal existence. Of course, he can't really do that when you're a god. But it's interesting. And there's, I don't know much about that movie. I feel like they were trying to keep it in wraps a lot. Um, I, I forgot it was coming out until I was looking at, you know, just looking ahead, yeah. kind of trying to plan stuff out for 
this this podcast and it's coming out in july as yeah. of like when we're recording this so it's it's coming out sooner than i i thought it was maybe like a late in the year thing but nope it's i don't summer. even think they had released the date until they released the trailer because i feel like people were wondering about that but i mean there was like a quick quick thing i think i saw zeus in the trailer and then mm-hmm. of course at the very end natalie portman you know has the hammer so you know as a as the female thor so that was interesting to see good for um, her yeah. Oh, I guess Zeus is going to be Russell Crowe. I did not know that. That is interesting. What? Yeah. Yeah. See, Just they're really keeping things stuff. so quiet. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I was always I was always hoping that if they did the female Thor, that it would be like a character that we knew. So I was definitely mm-hmm. happy that it's her returning. I guess it was mostly because she kind of disappeared for a few. Right. Um, but, you know, it's a lot <laughs> like to, to stay in the MCU world, especially when there was like some actors that were doing like every movie. Right. So I totally get that. But no, um, I thought the trailer looked cool. I'm excited for that. And Doctor Strange, um, which comes out next month somehow, like not even just next month. I think it's like early May. Two weeks. Yeah. Geez. Kicking off summer movies in May. Wow. How are we already here? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, one super weird one that kind of ties into uh Ooh, Moon Knight. I've enjoyed Moon Knight, by the way. Oh, okay. So, yeah. how many episodes have aired thus far? Because I have seen four, four of the six, but I don't know like where we are in terms of like what is aired yet. I think there's been three Moon Knights that have come. Okay, out okay. So and yeah. So I will be I will be mum because <laughs> a lot a lot happens in four, but ooh. Yay, yes. I'm excited to see it. But I it, like the, I like that we're going a little bit more. Well, some of the episodes have been better than others, but the first one especially, I really like the horror kind of weird vibe that we, we've been missing. Yes. MCU, so. I definitely have gotten a little bit of like, I kind of just wish this was a two-hour movie, but... Mm, kind of like some, Winter Soldier. Uh, yes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. Yes. I will say, and I was a little like confused at like why so many episodes were sort of offered to two critics and press ahead of time mm. and then i watched the fourth episode it was like oh, oh this is the thing that you were like <laughs> waiting to this is the like last card you had in your back pocket that you were like wanting people to get to but as as someone who really likes oscar isaac and really likes ethan hawk um yeah, i'm course. at least just satisfied watching them cook on on screen <laughs> together and and also they bonded over shrooms they hung out one day I read that article. <laughs> can I like... just get like a YouTube series? It doesn't need to be that long. It can be like five minutes of them just Oscar and out. Ethan trip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> them just hanging out at coffee shops, eating Cheetos, just like whatever they, they, they do in their neighborhood. Yeah. No, they're, they're both great. So yeah. And you wanted to say something about cans. Oh, I was just going to mention the new David Cronenberg movie that's oh. coming out that we finally got a trailer for. And it's also like, it's coming out in June. Yeah. I thought we were going to have to wait most of the year for this, but I can't wait for that one. Um, Yeah. It looks gross. So exactly <laughs> pretty on brand for a David Cronenberg movie. I, yes. I've like texted uh, Daniel Feingold. Who's been on this podcast before. I was just like, I can't wait to throw up in the theater when, the, when, when this comes out. So, but yeah, who doesn't love a good body horror? Plus, I, I, I don't know much about it, but it's got a stacked cast. I'm, I'm yes. stoked. So, well, Christy, thank you for for stopping by this week to talk Potter and what whatever, whatever. is going to happen to that <laughs> franchise for for having for talking a more business industry heavy yeah. episode. Um, next week on the show, we'll be talking about uh, the Northmen, which I saw last night 
really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, probably the, the Nicolas Cage vehicle, an unbearable weight of massive talent, which I'm seeing in like a couple hours. So we'll see how that is. But I heard that one's pretty good too. So yes. look out for that next week. Well, enjoy. Mm-hmm.